This is Nolan. This is the chapter one atonement. Why do you guys think it's important to have alternate friendships? And this is just shown through Cecilia and Robin. No, I just feel like she's not mature so I think a lot of like chapter one or I think mainly just like the first few chapters focus on like foreshadowing it's like there's like different little hints and interpretations that you can see in like a lot of the stuff that happens, like a lot of the scenes. Yeah, I think we were just trying to like build up to like the main story. I think it started to like give a little background for like every character and like what kind of personality they kind of give up. Yeah. I think that's made the first like because maybe that's going to be what, like, the atonement is. Like, whoever she, like, Brian's going to do something wrong. Or she's not going to want to do something, but she's going to have to do it to, like, make up for, uh, just, like, something, like, some wrong she's done, or if she hurt someone or did something. This is shown through the scene where they both meet their cousins for the first time. Brian is very controlling and dramatic, wanting their cousins to join her family, feeling also feeling has been a calm floor of the house. Is the difference in their personality simply caused from Cecilia being maturity with her being older, or is this because they may have been raised differently? Um, while Brian heard, like her parents encouraged her creative side rather than I think it's probably the way they were raised because like you've seen just like normal siblings like the first child's usually raised like a lot stricter because it's their first time like with a kid like it's their first time raising a kid when they have a second kid they've already been through all that so they kind of know like what to do how to raise them and they're kind of like more lenient with that kid than they are with the first kid I feel like, I feel like because they're like, they were more lenient with Briarly, that she like, she's controlling in a way, so like she has like that really controlling manner, like that, I think that's why she like, because she talks about she doesn't really like plays, but she writes them because she wants to be in control of something, and if she writes the play and directs it, it's about her. I feel like it's both, because like when you're old, obviously like you're more mature, but I feel like, um, yeah, the way they raised was different, and I feel like Cecilia's maybe like bitter about it, because she's more like closed off with her feelings, and Brian's more like open about it, dramatic. I feel like Bryony also though, like, because in the beginning she was saying she, like she didn't think her play was too good or that's gonna be like as far as her play goes, but then you have like 
I think it was her mom or someone was giving like a lot of, like they're like it's great it's gonna be on like it's gonna be famous and all that stuff and up the posters and stuff like I feel like they're supportive but they're to the point where it's uh, doing more like it's not it's not it's not helping them because it's making them think like you can't just say that everything's good and then they're just gonna think they're good at everything like they need they need to know like like there needs to just be that line where they realize that like yeah. it's not perfect, but you have to work towards it. Yeah. Well, there's such good realistic things. Yeah, like sound effects. Yeah. Okay. Do you stop? Yeah. Yeah. Um, checking in again. This is Nolan, Jake. So chapter two of Atonement was the chapter where Cecilia and Robbie like meet in the garden. And Cecilia kinda like to me she gives off a conceited kind of not conceited but like an entitled kind of personality here. She like she meets Robbie and she doesn't really like Robbie because her dad pays for his school and she kinda feels like he's more loved than she is. But in reality, she kind of has love for him. She's kind of in love with Robbie. That's what I think. So this, my first uh, discussion question was that Cecilia looks for all of the flaws in Robbie to avoid the idea that she likes him and is attracted to him, although they seem like opposites. And the question is, why do you think she does this? And what do you think draws humans to look for the imperfections in each other? I think that's definitely, that's what I got from it. I feel like she's not like playing games, honestly, but she's, um, she doesn't know how she wants to go about like her friendship with him. And then, because she doesn't know how she wants to go about it, she kind of wants to like push away from him more. That's why she's kind of like, seems like she's more hostile towards him at times. And like it shows her thinking that she's like, uh, trying to act like without his help like she doesn't want his help she doesn't really want him to just really be there I feel like she's like really confused she talks about like how it's really awkward and it makes her feel like it's like really awkward and she's like she's like I feel like she's doing it to like not get hurt. Because I feel like a lot of people just like avoid liking someone and getting in relationships because they don't want to be hurt from like something in the past that traumatized them. Just like maybe later in the story will um, then my second question was that Robbie tries really hard to make amends for the things that he does when he, in reality, didn't do anything that wrong. He just made a mistake. And do you think that Cecilia is that hard on Robbie because she's jealous of his position? And why do you think she... If not, why do you think she acts like that? Uh, I'm not sure if it's as much jealousy as if it's like they, because they grew up, to, like they grew up together, and I feel like there's probably like some prior like relationship issues between them or something like stuffs happened between them before that's kind of caused this because they've grown up and it's been like their entire lives and they've known each other. They just now they're just trying to avoid each other, or she's trying to avoid him. So I think it's just more. Uh, 
so, just something happened. Like something caused it to happen. I feel like she is kind of jealous because um, it seems like her father gives him more attention than her. And then Bryony also gets more attention, so I feel like she's like pushing her emotions onto him from her father's neglect. I feel like the um, like that vase breaking. I feel like that's probably part of like something foreshadowing too, yeah. because. Um, there's like the two of them fighting over something, so maybe uh, Brian is like grinding, like because it said they broke like the two handles off, and then the middle of the base was fine. So maybe Brian's like the middle, and they're like the handles or something, or something that's like breaks the family apart or something, causes issues like that. Specifically in chapter 3, we see how controlling Bryony is and how she writes her plays in order to have control. Despite this, her play doesn't go as planned and says the rehearsals offended her sense of order. This raises the question, do we really have control over anything in our lives? Do you think we can truly change the outcome of the situation? Why or why not? And if we don't have control of what happens, is there any point in our action? I think there's like a lot of there's some things you just can't control. But I think like the amount of work and like effort you put into something is what you get out of it. So like you work hard for something you want to get to. So if you want to get like promoted or something, you have to work hard for it. You can't just expect it. And I think that's a lot of Bryony's issues. It's kind of just that same mentality about getting everything but not actually working for it. I feel like she's kind of been like the entitled daughter, like or the entitled child maybe. Because she, she has like the sport, they're all excited, like everyone pretends they're excited about her play, even if they don't like it, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I feel like they just kind of like, they kind of like huddle her, they just like, everything she does is right all the time, so it's going to get to a point in life where she's going to do something wrong and there's not going to be anybody there to like save her. Yeah. And it's going to hurt, but like, I feel like she thinks that she kind of has that mindset that if I do something it's gonna work because yeah. she's never even if she does stuff wrong she's never been told that. So. and that's why she gets like so frustrated when like things don't work exactly. out exactly she doesn't really like put in the work in chapter 3, Bryony sees Cecilia and Robbie out by the fountain. From her point of view, it looks like Robbie could be coercing or blackmailing her into taking her clothes off. But it's Cecilia. But from Cecilia's point of view, she's just taking them off in order to save the broken babies. Do you think this misunderstanding will have a major impact on the story, and if so, how? In society, do you think we are too quick to judge others? In your life, are you cautious and aware of both sides of the story before accusing someone? If not, do you think you will be from now on? I, I think this could have like an impact on the story because since Briony's so young, 
her seeing like a dude just make her take her clothes off, like if somebody did the same to her, she probably would think that's right or okay. She sees Cecilia do the same thing, so that might like come up later on in the story. I think. I think this is gonna be like the atonement part. I think that Bryony's probably gonna tell someone what she said, and Robbie's gonna. It's gonna be like a huge misunderstanding, but they're not gonna hear Robbie's side of it. Something's gonna happen to Robbie, and Bryony is gonna try and make things right or have to do something to uh, kind of like get his reputation back, or, depending on what happens to him, if something does. And I feel like if it is something where, like, he gets in trouble, yeah. you know, and, like, Brian says they would trust, like, Brian, because, like, she would lie. But it's not about, like, her lying, it's just that, like, she's really dramatic, so she kind of feels like it's worth it. So I feel like they wouldn't trust him. And he's going to be a big And I feel like it's because, like, he's a servant, and they have, like, that social class difference, and then, like, he's lying to the highest well, I think it would be like something with the dad, maybe. Like, he takes away, like, he's not gonna fund his college or the education stuff for him. And um, I feel like a lot of it's Bryony sees life kind of more as a play. Because she's explaining, like, different perspectives and all that stuff while she's watching it. She's like, he's either proposing or he's forcing her to do this. And she's like, it could be either one, but it's gonna be the forcing, probably. But I feel like, um,. It's just not. It's, I feel like it has to be like the situation that the book's focused on. And that's just going to be like the. It's like Don knows that's what's going to start it. I also think that's like a real problem in the world today. Like people see things and they jump to conclusions and then they go tell somebody and then word spreads like wildfire. Like that's actually that's a real thing that happens on a regular basis, especially like in high school. Yeah, it's a problem. Just, uh, when Bryony was talking about like her plays and how she controls things, she always makes it seem like it's a happy ending. And I guess like it doesn't, like she hasn't come to the realization that like life is like that. Reality is not quite. Yeah. 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 stuff finally happened. Leon gets home, he comes with Hardman and Paul. Hardman and Paul. And uh, he ends up inviting Ronnie and Cecilia is angry at that because she doesn't want him there and she's asking him to like uninvite him. So my first question was Leon returns Leon returns home with Paul and Hardman. While our first impressions of Leon are good and leave us believing him a reputable person, the descriptions and scenes with Hardman and Paul, such as Hardman's possible interest in Lola and Paul maybe touching Cecilia's arm, leaves an air of doubt about the kind of men they 
maybe. Is this foreshadowing of potential events, or is the author purposefully giving us something to question about them to use as a plot development for later on? What other possibilities or reasons could there be for their somewhat negative introductions? I got like bad vibes off Paul, like that like ending scene, there's just kind of like this feeling of like something bad's gonna happen between like Cecilia and Paul probably, like I know Miss McGinnis said there was like a rape in the first few chapters, so I feel like that could be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. waiting for it, and I was just like, uh, yeah. where is it? And then you have Hardman, and they're, they're talking about how he's like has a crush. I think he's a grown man. I don't know how his age is. But, yeah, but they're saying he has a crush on Lola. Yeah, she's a girl. So they're kind of putting it out there, but it feels like it's so like directly out there that there could be like maybe uh, maybe it's trying to make you think these people are going to do something bad and it's actually going to be like someone else. But yeah, I think that was. Uh, big part of the fourth chapter. And I don't know this question. And then my other question was that Cecilia says she's truly annoyed by Leon inviting Robbie to the dinner and she urges him to uninvite him or to make up an excuse like it's not like canceling. But her feelings towards him seem to shift often, as before when Cecilia and Robbie were talking by the fountain, they seemed at least friendly. Does she actually have an interest in Robbie, or is she trying to avoid him because she doesn't know? Could something have happened between them prior to this? And if so, what do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think something like did happen where like maybe they like almost dated, but then they didn't. So that's like why it's all awkward. Like, open up to him again. Maybe he like murders someone. Yeah. Well, thirteen. Like. Even if they, the whole thing with the, like, cough breaking, it's kind of, like, rude to just be like, like don't invite him. Like, sorry, I feel like there's kind of a chance that, like, the rape scene could be between those two. And, like, maybe she still likes him, that's why she still, like, she avoids him, but she can't stop avoiding him because she's still kind of in love with him. Yeah, I think, uh, I think a lot of it's, like, she's kind of fickle about it. Like, she doesn't know if she, like, because I feel like it's, like, goes back to, like, the childhood thing. She thinks it's competition between, like, uh, maybe, like, how her dad's, like, funding him and supporting him more than her. So maybe it's kind of that that factors into it, like, her dad likes him a lot more than, or treats him better than she treats her, so she doesn't like him because of that. But then it could also just be, she just doesn't like him at all, and she kind of just wants to stay away from him. But he keeps getting kind of like dragged into there, he keeps peering. And then to be now actually, 